This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef. This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. Cruise Radio Rewind this week. We're going to go beyond the headlines. So much has happened over the past few days in the cruise world. So it's time to catch you up to speed. And helping me do that is writer Richard Sims and Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. Guys, welcome to Rewind. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for having me. This first story here is with Royal Caribbean and their computer glitch. So I'm going to unpack this and we'll get some commentary on it. What happened on Monday, Royal Caribbean posted in the cruise planner to guests who are sailing on 2020 sailing saying, hey, you can get the deluxe drink package for $18 per person per day. Well, you know, that normally goes for around $55. Uh, per guest there. So a heck of a savings there. But it turns out it was a computer glitch and it wasn't supposed to be on sale for $18 per person per day. So what Royal Caribbean had to do was tell all of these guests, thousands of them who purchased it, we're not going to honor it and just refund your money. So that fired a lot of people up. There were people on social media calling it hashtag BeverageGate2019 and uh, all of the sorts. So long story short, Royal Caribbean is now giving every guest impacted 30% off of the drink package because of the incident. But coincidentally enough, they also launched a 30% off sale the same day. So who really knows what's going on? And then to top this off, a few minutes ago on Twitter, they tweeted that they're taking a step back and going to revisit the situation, providing another update tomorrow. So this, who really knows at the end of the day or at the end of the week, what's going to transpire here, but it looks like they're probably getting some pushback on this incident and uh, we'll see what happens. Guys, what do you think? Wow, that is uh, quite a glitch there. I would say, you know, my opinion about it is that I would be excited but my optimism upon checking that out would be kind of guarded because for me, I'd be a little skeptical that it's kind of too good to be true. Uh, I think Royal Caribbean is within their rights to not honor this deal, to be honest with you. I agree. It was a big mistake, but it's not like they didn't deliver on something that you actually paid full price for. Uh, I think we all know that these problems, they happen at sea. Well, when it comes to skipped itineraries or manu- malfunctioning equipment uh, – And they usually make good on that stuff and then some. But I think this is a case where it's obviously human error, and I can see where they think it shouldn't have to cost the shareholders millions of dollars in revenue based on probably what ended up being human error maybe by one or two people tops. Because Royal Caribbean has that 18% drink package, I wonder if someone punched in that 1.8 and it went live. See, that's why you are who you are, Doug. The the Sherlock Holmes. That's actually a very 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 good point. That's probably what did happen. That the the coincidence of those numbers makes sense. The other interesting part about this deal is what what was their statement? You paraphrase, but what was their statement about the the issue? They said they had to make the difficult decision not to honor this mistake. Yeah, see, I, I just don't think they really did themselves any favors there. They should have been decisive about it and maybe treated it as like a no brainer versus something they actually like sat and deliberated and maybe voted on or agonized over and. 
I'm, uh, ultimately, you know what? We thought about it nice and hard, but we ultimately decided not to honor it. Yeah, that makes it seem a little bit like, oh, we were almost there, but no, they decided against us. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the final verdict is because they keep changing their mind, it looks like. So I guess uh, we'll have to stay tuned and see what Royal Caribbean wants to do. All right, moving on here. Carnival Cruise Line has made some changes to their specialty dining program. Richard, I know you have a Carnival Cruise coming up on Carnival Sunrise, and you've been playing around with this. So you can set this story up for us. Yeah, I was just earlier today playing around with this after we first got news of this. And it doesn't seem to have taken effect across the entire fleet as of now. But what's happening is this. It used to be that when you booked a specialty dining restaurant, like let's say you were going to go to Fahrenheit 555, the steakhouse, you would go online and you would uh, make a booking and then they would email you and tell you whether your confirmation was confirmed and all that. Now, instead, when you go online and you make your booking, they're going to immediately confirm it. And the way they will confirm it is by taking your payment. So you will actually be paying in advance for your reservations. You'll still be able to cancel once you're on board. You can still make reservations on board if you'd rather do it that way. But but for the first time, they're setting it up in such a way that basically if you want to book it in advance, you have to uh, pay it at the time of booking. So if you fly by the seat of your pants like I do, it's not necessary for you to pre-book this if you don't want to. No, not at all. You'll still be able to book reservations on board. And in that case, um, the big difference would be if you book it in advance and you're w- at, w- at which point you would have to pay for it when you book it, that's going to go on your credit card. When you book it on w- – if you're on the ship and you decide, you know, hey, I want to go to the steakhouse tonight and you go and you make a reservation and you go, that's going to go on your sale and sign account. Now, they may be the same thing. You may use the same credit card for both, but some people don't. So – That's really the big difference is you will already have paid for it if you book it in advance. The other good thing about it is if you um, have a special occasion that you want to celebrate and you really – like it's your anniversary or something and you really want to make sure that you're in the restaurant of your choice, on the night of your choice, at the time of your choice, this is going to lock that in for you. Tommy, what do you think? Uh, From a business standpoint – I got to say, I totally agree with the strategy. And also as a guest, I think they're 100% right. We are talking completely psychological here, aren't we? People book, they pay off their crews as much as a year in advance sometimes. Uh, When the money's already spent, you tend to reset your budget and end up spending money on the crews that you may not have spent if you had to pay for it strictly on board. You know what I mean? If you were paying for that dining package while you were on board – you may skimp out on something else. I 100% agree. Uh, the other thing is, do you think that his, has anything to do with interest in this fact too? I don't know much about finances, so I'm going to stay in my lane here, but I would totally think that would come into play. Totally, totally. I think it's I think it's good. Honestly, I don't think there's really a loser here. I get what the cruise line is trying to do, and I also get it puts you in a position to be able to sit exactly where you'd like whenever you would like. I guess it's part of doing business, right? All right, so the second Carnival story here, actually, it's kind of crazy. We have Royal Caribbean with their glitch. We have Carnival with the dining and then this Carnival Vista incident. And then we have a Norwegian one we'll get to next. But so Carnival Vista has been having some problems for about a month now. Now, we don't really know exactly what happened to these two Azipods, which are the propulsion units that push the ships, basically the propellers. But to fix these, it's more than just fixing it while the ship is docked in port. They have to take the ship to dry dock. 
one small problem, that accident that happened at the Grand Bahama shipyard with Royal Caribbean when Oasis, the crane fell on it and it buckled, it damaged the big dry dock. So Carnival had to get creative on to how they're going to repair Vista. So what they're doing, they're bringing this big ship slash barge out to Carnival Vista. They're going to fill the ballast tanks full of water. It's going to sink the barge down 25, 28 feet. Carnival Vista is going to get pulled onto it. At that point, they're going to put the supports up to hold the ship into place and then drain the ballast tanks, which will lift the ship out of the water. So the ship is going to be floating at this point on this barge. They're going to pull the barge to the Freeport dry dock and do the repairs right there on this floating barge because they can't use the one that Oasis messed up a couple of months ago. So Carnival Vista is on her last sailing right now before all these repairs start happening. And then this actually big unit is on its way down to the Bahamas from Northern Europe. On July 12th, Vista is going to be loaded onto this. And then once the four bearings and the azipods are replaced, they're going to tow the ship back out to the ocean, fill the ballast tanks up again, and then pull Carnival Vista off it with the tugboats. And then Carnival Vista is back off to Galveston, good as new, we hope, with uh, some new bearings in her azipods and ready for her July 27th cruise. Pretty cool concept, right? Could be a game changer. Definitely. But uh, to me, absolutely terrifying. Now, Doug, I don't think, and I think most of uh, your listeners who have heard me and my listeners too, they probably don't know I'm the, they probably know I'm not the go-to guy for the physics and the science end of this stuff, but uh, watching the video, yes, it was absolutely cool as hell, but I'm just, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts there, and it actually is kind of terrifying to me, so you're basically saying this portable floating dry dock is going to float out there. And this 180,000 gross ton ship is going to get stabilized on there. And I saw those units. They look very, very strong, those side stabilizers, whatever they are, once it is out of the water. But uh, it does look freakish that this ship is going to get risen from the water and then basically be sitting up there. And we're, I just all I'm saying is I hope a lot of people's calculations are correct. To me, this looks like something that they bring out to the oil rigs when they have to make repairs. And they lift the oil rig out of the water and fix the repair, you know, fix the rig on site and lay it back down again because, um, you know, those oil rigs are out in the middle of the ocean. And it's it's a perfect temporary dry dock, in my opinion. Of course, if everything works out great, as long as everything's stabilized, because obviously, like I said, there's a lot of stuff in that ship. And, you know, as, as far as balancing, so they got to listen, I'm sure they got it all worked out. They lift it up. It looks really, really cool, especially the video and, and how it kind of just looks like it's going to transpire. But I'm just hoping like one one it seems like the type of thing where one foot off one way, one foot off the other way, it comes off a of balance and then momentum takes over. That's just the scary part to me. But yeah, it ab- absolutely looks like an incredible feat of technology. And I'm sure that naval architects and all the guys that are much smarter than us are dealing with this and probably have this down to a science because one small move can be like an environmental nightmare. That's true, too. In our last story on Rewind, it sounds like NCL might need to borrow this uh, floating dry dock contraption from Carnival. Set us up on this one, Richard. Yeah, it sounds like another problem that's very similar to what happened with Carnival Vista. Um, The Norwegian Pearl was on a 13-day repositioning cruise, and it had the same sort of issue. They haven't said that it was an Azipod issue specifically, but it was definitely a mechanical issue that was impacting the speed at which the ship could sail. So they ended up missing a couple of ports. 
And, you know, that's problematic enough for people who are on board. You know, you, 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 you book a cruise like that, a 13-day cruise. You probably are booking in part because of the itinerary. So there were some unhappy people with that. But the bigger problem was that the next cruise, which was supposed to leave on, I believe, the 5th, is now canceled. And there were a lot of people who were, you know, sort of in transit on their way to Rome, and which was where they were going to pick up the ship for the 13-day sailing. And they're kind of out of luck now because that sailing is going to be canceled while Norwegian gets this this mechanical issue taken care of. Tommy, what do you think? We have to understand that things can go wrong. You're not dealing with just a resort or an island. You're dealing with a machine that has multiple moving parts. And every once in a while, these things aren't going to happen. Well, you guys know that the cruise contract is pretty ironclad. And they are able to change a lot of things. And they usually go beyond and above what is usually in the scope of that contract. So, you know, you hear these sob stories about people who, you know, this was going to be our first cruise or, listen, these are first world problems. You know, every once in a while, this is going to happen. It is unfortunate. And I do understand, but what are you going to do? There's really nothing, uh, cruise lines are doing everything they possibly can. True. But this is my thing is, and I do have a little bit of remorse for these people because like the people who are coming from, Australia or Miami and doing a couple of days in Rome and then get told two days before the cruise is sailing, three days before it, that it's canceled. Like if they don't have travel insurance, they're screwed. A hundred percent. You're absolutely right. And again, you know, no lives were lost. Nobody was hurt. And I think that this is something like the same thing when you deal with hurricanes, same thing when you deal with just itinerary changes for whatever reason possible. This is just something that's going to happen with cruising. And I get that people are upset and I do feel bad for them as well. But at the same time, there is a uh, I guess it's a it's a it's a blameless issue. You can't really put the blame on anybody. The, uh, the thing with what's going on with the people who are on board right now for the, uh, the the repositioning crews. Now, there's no word to them at this point right now as far as compensation, is there? No, they're just being told we're missing some ports, and uh, that's pretty much about it. I think they had a little bit of extra time in Barcelona. So it's interesting how this stuff plays out because you can tell you, I can tell you right now, if nobody says anything and they're all like happy and high-fiving that they just did see, Norwegian is not going to do anything. But this is the process, isn't it? It's that old adage when the squeaky wheel is going to get the grease. So what's going to happen is just like with what happened with Royal Caribbean and the drink package. Mm -hmm. If nobody said anything, they would say, oh, sorry, glitch, no problem. Nobody brought it to the table. It would stay just like that. This is what's going to happen. There'll be a complaint. There'll be somebody who's going to organize something, and they're going to write. They're going to go on some sort of a uh, up. They're going to have some sort of uprising. They're going to make sure that the cruise line does take care of them in a certain way. And I'm sure Norwegian will react to the level of complaints that come in. All right, Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. You can check him out over there. Thank you, man. Thanks, Doug. Always a good time. Richard, always a pleasure, buddy. Oh, thanks for having me. I always enjoy it. Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash cruise. Choose from over 150,000 titles delivered straight to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or tablet at audibletrial.com slash cruise.